on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, April 4th, after the LA Galaxy's 3-1 victory over the Portland Timbers up in Portland. A weird game. So weird. I'm going to start it off by saying the worst officiated game I think I've ever seen. There's been worse calls but just the general quality of that game was atrocious. Led to both red cards, by the way. Um, we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about Chicharito and his two goals. Talk about Chicharito and his accolades. Talk about Chicharito and the drum beat getting louder over and over again for Chicharito to be called in the Mexican national team. That's coming up. Little LA Galaxy signing, surprise signing to the senior team. We're going to talk about that. Uh, stats, all sorts of fun stuff. So we got we got a lot of stuff, which is good. I'm glad there is. Uh, to help us out today, uh, he's back, and he's back in the United States. It's Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter. Kev, how you doing, bud? Hey, you know, Bruce Arena would tell you not to say those things about the officiating. It's yeah. only going to get you in trouble. It's only going to get me in trouble. By the way, I would like to point out that if you listen to Greg Vanny's postgame, he does a very good job of saying the referee was basically on drugs without saying any of that. Um, so I don't think there's any way for him to get fined um, but he agreed with me, uh, which is always makes me feel good whenever whenever somebody agrees with me. Even you, Kevin, uh, that makes me uh, makes me uh, go uh, makes me feel feel good too. But Greg Vanny said he agreed with my assessment on the wacky crazy game, uh, and I think at one point he even said something like it devolved into chaos, uh, which was also true. So I mean, hey, good time in Portland, right? And before we get started, I, I know that you know we haven't started taping yet. No one's going to hear this, just me and you. So right. in confidence, I, I got a little marital problem that i need to ask you about mm-hmm. um yes you as, as you mentioned i've been gone 17 days went down to mexico first to do the soccer riot thing then reported the story on ice hockey in mexico and then picked up world cup qualifying anyway the point is i was gone for 17 days and the lovely and talented mrs panda was home by herself and went to get some pictures taken for a new passport and yes. she told me over the phone that they were horrible pictures um and then when i came home she showed them to me yes and she was right. They were horrible. I agreed with her. But I agreed. With, when I saw them, I said, holy cow, that looks like the before side of some sort of medical experiment uh, advertisement. Was that the wrong thing to say? Because she did not re- she did not take it well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. That's, Maybe I shouldn't have said that. that. That's sort of like whenever your significant other says, says oh, uh, I think this I think this outfit makes me look fat. Uh, and then you go, yeah, you know what? It's probably not your best. Are you saying that I'm fat? Yeah, I, that, I guess I am. Yes, that's what I'm I'm saying. Well, so. see, I'm not immune from this. I don't know if you use global um, 
global entry, which is you know right. program to get get through customs or, or immigration. It's really great. But now they're doing it with facial recognition software, so you don't even really need your passport. You you go to a little kiosk and it prints a photo out of you. And when you've been sitting on a plane for six or eight hours, and you get there and the picture comes out, my reaction when I look at my picture always is, is that my face or a catcher's mitt? I yeah. mean, it's just it's horrible. It's bad. It's bad. Anytime they take you know in the UK they use uh, facial recognition like whenever you get to the airport. Um, before, actually, uh, a lot of times, depending on which airline you fly, I flew British Airways. And so you go to a kiosk before you even get on the flight as you're boarding and it takes a picture of you. And so they use that as facial recognition. So that way they can track you once you get to the airport and they can track you through customs and the whole deal. And so you keep and I have to imagine that the pictures that are I mean, you know, how can they track anybody after you get off a plane that, you know, you've been on a plane for 12 hours or, or whatever it is. So uh, anyway, yeah, I'm so, I'm amazed you're still married. If you need a place to stay. Uh, directly behind me, um, where where my jerseys are, are hung up right now with the lights and everything, is actually a Murphy bed. And if I pull that down, um, there's probably an address in there for a hotel for you. That's what I'm guessing. Because you're, well, you're certainly not yeah, staying yeah, here. I, yeah, no, yeah. because we're, we're, if I did, where would Murphy sleep? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that joke is was horrible the first time, and it's <laughs> even worse the second time. But hey, it is what it is. Um, Who was Murphy anyways? I don't know. Great bed, though. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I wonder uh, if he's related to Futon. Probably not. Different people. Futon sounds French. Does it sound French? It sounds French. Yeah. yeah. I always I always associate with Japanese for some reason. Uh, could be. Uh, Portland Timbers LA Galaxy game on Sunday. The only MLS game on Sunday. All the other games uh, all played on Saturday. So just one uh, early in the afternoon, a 1.30 TV time, a 1.55 kickoff time on FS1 and Fox Deportes. I'll tell you that because... Whenever we go for Saturday, a 4.30 p.m. kickoff time, excuse me, a 4.30 p.m. TV time and a 4.55 kickoff time for LAFC. That's on Big Fox. So uh, Big Fox FOX. And then uh, you have it on Fox Deportes as well. Uh, just keep in mind, there's always a 25 minute lead in right now for the Fox National. And that is from games. Dignity Health Sports Park. And you know what that means? What does that mean? Papusas. Papusas. Oh, okay, good. I didn't know if there was something else I needed to know in there, but that's no, good. Well, there's probably other things too, but uh, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're correct. Um, LA Galaxy get the 3-1 victory. That's great. Chicharito scores two goals. That's great. Uh, the Galaxy probably sc should have scored at least one more, maybe two. Uh, and, and that's all good stuff. The bad parts of this, uh, Mark Delgado gets two yellow cards, ends up getting a red card. Portland got a red card. Um, I think just before the half. So there was all these things that were sort of leading into this game where you were like, okay. And if you just take the box score, Kevin, then the box score sort of tells you, yeah, it was kind of crazy. It was a kind of crazy game, but it would not tell you the lunacy, uh, that we saw from the referee in this match. It was the worst officiated match I've ever seen in all of MLS. Every single team got to watch this idiocy in action because it wasn't just, and we've had, listen, there's been plenty of bad calls in 26, 27 years of LA Galaxy soccer, right? Plenty of bad calls. That's not the issue. The issue here is how a referee manages the game and the expectations of what a foul is, what a foul isn't. Uh, when advantage gets played, when advantage doesn't get played, all of the really important things that help players dictate how a match is going to do uh, was not done in this case, was not done even for a second. Uh, no, not one single player on that field understood what a foul was and what, is, what it wasn't. I saw guys getting cleaned out after tackles, launched yards with late challenges, and for some reason, they weren't fouls. I saw advantage being played four passes into an advantage. He would call it back, 
and put it back into at the at, in a position where you're like, no, no, no. Portland got a shot off and he called one back and it was like they passed the ball three times. How much of an advantage do you want to give them? You know yeah, what happens if that shot goes in? Yeah. And by the way, this is the second straight time that Galaxy has gone to Portland and had a player ejected with a red card. Yeah, and and not only that. Listen, I I have relatively small issues with Delgado getting two yellow cards and a red card. He put himself in that position. Greg Vanny didn't didn't pull any punches on that. He was sort of saying Mark put himself in some bad situations, and that's what ends up, ended up happening. There was some stuff. So again, the full media call is available to you. Um, and I, I, I look, I encourage you to go to our YouTube channel, go to corner of the galaxy.com. You will find the full, um, full media call there. Greg answers all the questions. Chicharito's on there. Sam Grancer talked after the game as well, which is not something we always get, but Sam, uh, was talking in there as well. So got to talk to him a little bit. So I encourage you to look at all that. All right. But what we see from this particular thing, like the, the whole problem with Delgado is he gets a yellow card. That wasn't a yellow card. The first foul that he got in my mind is not a yellow card. It's just a guy jumping for a ball and he hits a guy. It's a foul. It's nothing more than a foul. And because the referee ghost saw a hand come up into the face, he thinks it's a yellow card. By the way, he did that with the red card as well. I think the Timbers are going to get their red card overturned because I think it's it. I think it was a mistake. Um, and I think that they probably should have looked at it at VR. So all this stuff goes into it. But what we're trying to say here is not just that the referee was bad. Because there's plenty of times when referees make poor decisions. The referee did not manage the game in a way that made it predictable to players and coaches. And because of that, the game suffered greatly. Um, and that's that's sort of the big takeaway from this is that um, it was a wacky game. Galaxy outperformed their XG, uh, scored on goals they probably shouldn't have scored on, um, did some things that maybe uh, you don't get away with in other games. Um, and Greg Van even said it after the game. He said, you know, I thought we... We allowed more in this game than we had in any game so far, just in terms of access to the ball, in terms of not cutting off channels, in terms of allowing possession and not being able to control the pace of the game. Vanny was not happy um, with that overall. He's a nitpicker, so even in a win, he's going to find those things. Um, but the Galaxy, this is one of those games at 3-1 where you say, okay, Galaxy, you know, that seems like it's a pretty convincing win. I will say this is probably one of their least convincing games they played. I agree with Greg, uh, but the scoreline flatters them, so that's fine. Uh, they need one of those every once in a while. Well, it, I mean, you talk about the officiating and, and some of the wacky things that happened. I think early on, both teams probably were like, we just got to get through this game. This is just something we need to survive. We're not going to, this is not going to be the template of how we're going to play this season. We just need to somehow get through this game. And the Galaxy did with the help of an own goal, which would have made it a very tight game. I mean, when you consider the officiating, I mean, this game could have turned on a, on a call late in the game, um, you know, at 2-1. But I think the Galaxy, this is one of those games, you know, a lot of times you win games you're not, you, you're not supposed to win, you lose games you're not supposed to lose. This was a game where the Galaxy just simply survived and got three points. Yeah, and somebody said, I don't know, I think it was on the MLS, or I think it was on the ESPN Power Rankings. They basically looked at the Galaxy and said, you know, last year's team probably finds a way to squander this chance. Um, I have to agree with that. Uh, the third goal the Galaxy scored, and we'll go into it here in just a little bit more detail in a second, because I kind of want to jump back to the beginning as well. Um, but the third goal the Galaxy scored is something that they don't score last year, right? And that third goal put that game on ice. That third goal made that game comfortable and allowed things to just sort of play out. 
um, the way that they were supposed to. I'm not going to say that it was great, and the Galaxy certainly were under a ton of pressure in that second half. Um, that's really where the possession switched uh, more than I expected it to as well um, with, with Portland controlling a lot of that. But you don't really practice playing with 10 guys all that much. So it's it's one of those things, both of those teams. Portland had a little more, uh, uh, you, they were a little more used to it than the Galaxy. Portland got a red card in the in the game before as well. In fact, uh, I think it was Benia who ended up getting red carded for Portland. And he was the replacement for, uh, for Van Rankin who got red carded the game before. Um, so, uh, you know, that's always, that's always nice whenever you oh. can go through that depth. And, oh, by the way, this win after a two game losing streak, the galaxy come back from the international break with a win puts them in third place. Now it's ridiculous. Isn't it great? <laughs> Vanny even said, he goes, this is the time of year where like you win one game and you jump and people jump all around and stuff like that. But, but at the same time, third place. No, and it's important. And, and actually in the newsletter for tomorrow, I actually called this a game. The galaxy couldn't afford to lose. And that's ridiculous to say five games in the season, but three-game losing streak heading into El Trafico could have been a, a real disaster for the Galaxy. Now right. they come in with a little bit of momentum. They're in third place. Even if they wind up not winning this game, they're okay. Whereas if that losing st- that winless streak then goes to four, and all of a sudden it starts to, you know, it starts to slide, begins to pick up a little bit in speed. So this was a big – from a momentum spot, if nowhere else – this was a big game on the road, on the carpet. They proved they could win there. Uh, and they and like you said, three goals. I, I mean, again, you look at the scoreline, two goals from Chicharito, one and own goal. Right. The scoreline, you know, the, 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 if you look at the scoreboard, it was three to one. And the Galaxy moved into third place. And, and those are all, that's the direction you want to be going in coming out of this international break. Let's reset this a little bit. This is something that I don't think was covered on the on the broadcast, and I was paying pretty close attention. If they did cover it, I, I must have missed it, and I will apologize to them. Um, but there was a national anthem before this game, uh, and it is already filled with controversy. Uh, obviously, with uh, this was the first time, and, and they at least mentioned this on the broadcast. I know John Strong did. Um, they mentioned that the last time Derek Williams was on the field uh, was whenever he had tackled Andy Polo and got a red card. In fact, was suspended, I think, for five or six games um, after that. Um, and, and John Strong was saying that's one of the longer suspensions in recent history. And they said, and then of course that Andy Polo the next day was then, um, the police were called to his home and there was, uh, there was accusations of domestic violence. Um, and then of course there were accusations that the Portland Timbers tried to cover it up. Um, this is on top of the, uh, the Portland Timbers having a problem within their organization, the Portland Thorns, uh, about players who were possibly coerced into, into activity. They weren't, I'm trying to keep this PG for kids. If, if we have kids listening but you you know the story behind all this what, what kind of activities josh yeah 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 thanks big bird um no um so so there's all these accusations that are going on and then obviously we know that mls launched an independent investigation we'll use independent in quotation marks as much as we possibly can wink, wink, wink. yeah um because the law firm that they hired is one that they use for all their expansion jobs so again they have a close link to mls mls pays them a lot of money it is very I, it I is, bet you the timbers were cleared they, they were basically cleared, but fined $25,000. Oh, poor them, $25,000. So there has been, and, and you know, this is kudos to the, to the Portland fans and, and sort of the Portland supporters that are around there, is there has been an upswell of, of anger towards the team, uh, saying that there has been nobody held accountable for any of this, um, and that basically they knew what was going on, and they did nothing. And there have been protests. I think the last game, there was five minutes of silence from uh, from Timber's army. So there were protests going on. So before this game, 
they had a national anthem singer. Her name was Madison Shanley. Uh, and Madison tweeted this out afterwards, and obviously this is not something I knew at the very beginning, uh, but this is what Madison said. Uh, I should point out Madison was wearing a shirt, a red shirt, and it said, you knew across it, and that's one of the banners that has been at these protests and a whole bunch of different things, uh, and she said, uh, it may very well have been my last anthem for Portland Timbers, given my choice to wear this shirt, but I'm proud of myself. As a domestic violence and sexual assault survivor, I felt the need to use my voice in a different way today. Believe women, um, and then she gives credit to the photographer in this as well. Uh, Kayla Marie is the photographer. So uh, basically the story goes before we even get any further was that Portland obviously saw what shirt she was going to wear and decided that that probably wasn't great. And so uh, for some reason, at least the social media story says that they called her father and like tried to convince him to change her mind or something like that because she's not a woman who can make up her own mind. The only thing I can think of that would make that even somewhat reasonable is if her father is her agent for some reason. Um, and I don't believe that's the case, but if that's the case, then maybe that's, a, that's reasonable, but she decided she wasn't going to change the shirt. So she wore the shirt, she did her protest. Um, and that's what, that's what sort of, uh, started this entire game. So you want to talk about just sort of wacky from the very beginning in terms of, you know, on edge and just a whole bunch of things. There was, there was somewhat of quote unquote chaos even before the, the first well, kick. Kudos to dad for saying, honey, I think the phone calls for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know how that goes anyway. Um, but that was sort of what started. I wanted to highlight that before we get going. Uh, the LA galaxy lined up without Victor Vasquez in the starting lineup without, uh, uh, Douglas Costa. We've talked about Costa and the hamstring tightness. Vanny had told us on Thursday, basically he said, worst case scenario is, and, and by the way, he hinted that he said he called them questionable for this game, but we were all like, ah, we don't believe you. Um, is that uh, he said worst case scenario was Costa would be back to full training on Monday and then he would be ready for the game against LAFC. That's what we're expecting. There is an in-person media availability on Wednesday. Kevin plans on going. I plan on going right now. So we'll be out there to, to cover that um, and get you some information. So, but yeah. By the way, as, as I mentioned in the lead up to the show, when you and I were talking, this Costa thing, um, we all knew this was going to happen. Um, you know, the human homo figurine, he is going to be dealing with this all season long. I mean, I think it's going to be a game or two and then three out and then a game and then one out. I mean, think he played 45 minutes and then had the international break. So he's played 45 minutes in the last three weeks. And we're, and, and at this point we're still don't know for sure whether he's going to be able to play this weekend. Um, you know, it started early. He got through a couple of games, but started early. This is going to be a season long issue as it was in the last three or four clubs that he played in. So just buckle up. Um, this is the way it's going to be when he plays. I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be, uh, you know, very useful, but I just don't think he's going to play all that much. And by the way, Sasha Kleshin was out as well. Yeah, and Sasha Kleshin entered into the league's health and safety protocols. Nine times out of ten, that means uh, COVID, uh, by the way. Well, but, right now, yeah. three, five years ago, it didn't mean COVID. Correct, correct. There, there was no COVID. Yeah, correct. Um, and so uh, that's usually what that means. Um, I would expect that that is not a long-term thing and that he could be cleared and returned, which is important whenever we talk about Mark Delgado. Um you By the know, way, he's a parent. Sasha apparently is fine. So don't, he's not get, it, 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 intubated at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure he was capable of answering questions and talking to people if he so choose to do so. Um, he did not travel with the team. So he was at home. In fact, he was posting uh, videos of his son, uh, his son in his backyard. This was great. Um, I wish I, I should have grabbed the video for it, but, uh, Sasha Kleshin's son was taking shots, 
uh, with his left foot into an empty net and he was calling out Bondi. His son was. Uh, he was like, hey, hey, Bondi, you think you can stop this one? And then this like left footed curler into the top corner. Uh, Bond responded with uh, that. I, I believe it's Knox is his is his son's name uh, that Knox uh, uh, has a better left foot than Efrain Alvarez and tagged him in there. So um, it's nice to see. So I think Sasha's doing just fine. So but do you know you know where Sasha lives? Uh, no, I don't. So, um, <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, so that's where, uh, that's what, so that's, again, I think he's fine and, and everything will be good to go. Um, that will be something to watch though. And that's going to be one of the biggest things that we have to watch, um, over this time is who's going to be available for this game and how they're going to fit in. Cause in the midfield, yeah, in the midfield, it's, it's the most important. We talked earlier about the galaxy being uh, lacking some depth in terms of that that central midfield position. Mark Delgado is certainly a guy who can play 90 minutes every single game if you need him, but what happens whenever he gets suspended? What happens whenever he picks up two yellow cards? What happens whenever that goes in? Um, it is of my opinion right now that his dual yellow cards in the Portland game could very well lose the game against LAFC for the, for the Galaxy only because Delgado is the absolute linchpin to everything the Galaxy do well in the midfield. Um, and when he didn't play a good game in this particular match, you saw that. Um, and you saw that, again, Greg was talking about not having control of the ball, Kevin, not, not being able to move it the way that they want to. Well, Delgado wasn't in the positions that he was supposed to be in. Um, and that that caused that lack of control and, and just things that the Galaxy didn't do well. So, Well, and, and you had pointed out before the game that without Vasquez and without uh, Costa, the Galaxy really lack any... Uh, you know, really lack for creativity in that midfield. So it's just not necessarily, you know, having enough guys there. It's what they can do. And and I think if if Vasquez is not ready for a full game, you know, and if Costa can't play, they're already missing Mark Delgado. Um, there's going to be someone who's going to have to step up and probably play a little bit out of position because they don't have a backup for Mark Delgado, a guy that can do what he does. He brings a very unique skill set that the Galaxy need. Yeah, Carlos Harvey is one that maybe you could start to think uh, it could be in that position. I mean, we talked about Adam Saldana points. Um, we've talked about a bunch of different guys in those roles, but the bottom line is we haven't seen any of those guys through the first five games, um, and I would doubt that they would just step in. It, it Right now, you really hope that Sasha Kleshin is the available one, um, especially for that uh, for this game. But, you know, again, no Victor Vasquez in the starting lineup was a big sort of turn just because you ask, like you said, Efrain Alvarez to be the playmaker. I will say through the first half, I thought, I thought Efrain Alvarez did very well in that playmaker role. Um, certainly the uh, the own goal that the LA Galaxy uh, were able to force Portland into making was because of an Efrain Alvarez pass. Um, and it, it was the weight of the pass and the place that he put it as well. Uh, you know, Grant Sears started to break into that space on the left-hand side. Cabral gets pushed to the right-hand side whenever Costa's not there. I think Cabral is a little more comfortable on the right-hand side. That, that looked good. Cabral had a very good game as well. Um, he was in the position to force the own goal whenever uh, it was his man that knocked it in, and that ball was cutting back towards Cabral. Little did he know that Cabral very rarely finishes those. He probably could have just let him have it, um, and, and he wouldn't have put it in the back of the net, but that was Cabral cutting to the post. Uh, Grand Sur gets put in by Efrain Alvarez, and the ball isn't out so wide that Grand Sur has to seed space. It's about keeping themselves on the inside of that post, and he's basically right on the post. So if you're driving right on the post, it's a lot different than driving eight yards off the post, you know, outside that post. It's a lot easier to sort of make it. Now he has to drift that way because he sort of gets uh, put under some pressure on it. But Efrain's pass is the reason that, that that opened up. I mean, there's some really amazing goals in this game. 
Uh, even if you want to go to the Portland Timbers set piece, Tuoloma uh, had a great, that set piece goal was just absolutely perfect. Nothing you're going to do about it. Bondi's not going to save it. Um, you know, all these things are, are, you can look at and say, okay, that was, that was it. But again, if you look at the LA Galaxy, Kevin, they've given up one goal from the run of play, I believe all year. And that was against Orlando because all of the goals they gave up against Seattle were all set pieces. The goal against Portland was a set piece. Um, they kept shutouts in the first two games. So, if you look at that, the Galaxy's defense has really stepped up in the first five games. Now they cut a really tough game against LAFC. We'll talk well, about yeah, that. Yeah, and if they can't solve that set piece thing, I mean, right. holy cow, with, with Vela and Kellen Acosta, LAFC is deadly on set pieces. Yeah. They, That's going to be a real big issue. They are. And listen, there's a lot of teams that can take advantage of set pieces. Portland isn't the only one. Seattle isn't the only one. LAFC isn't the only one. So yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. But listen, the, the Portland set piece goal, if if somebody's gonna kick it there, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna score goals. It's not like you can defend that any better. There's no ways. It barely missed uh, Ravellison's head, but it wasn't like oh well. If you just had somebody taller there, I mean, what are you gonna do? You you're gonna try to get taller people on defense because it doesn't work. Um, that was a perfect goal. Not gonna do anything about it. It's gonna be a goal 98 times out of 100. Maybe Bond Bond even started to cheat that way and still couldn't get there in time. Um, and it's it's a good goal. So that's fine. Talking about the goals they scored though and the combinations that we saw. And this was a team, Kevin, that I think we've criticized so far offensively for not getting started, not getting things well, not doing, not being able to finish off the chances that they created. That wasn't the case in this game. Uh, with Grandsir and the give and go from Ravellison to open up. By the way, that's Grandsir toe-poking a pass between two timbers to Ravellison, who has a timber on his back, and then Ravellison playing Grandsir into space past the two timbers and then being able to cross it. And Chicharito's goal that first goal is elite level uh i mean I, I want you to talk about the goal and and you can talk about chicharito and then i want to talk about him probably for the next 35 or 40 minutes so so i mean what do you think about chicharito and these two goals and just what you're seeing from him so far well he's he's, he's on fire i mean and the but the more important thing is that we're five games in the season he's missed four minutes um you know, I and everyone's waiting for the injury thing to come back. And, you know, it's been the last two years and it's been a calf injury and those things are hard to heal. You really don't see any let up in him. Um, and, and you talk about the the setup for the first goal. I mean, Raheem Edwards gets the assist on the second goal. On his second, second goal. Yeah. goal. Uh -huh. Yeah. He leads the league in assist. I mean, where'd that come from? No one saw that coming. I mean, he, you know, going into camp, I, I think he was a backup to Sueño, right? He, we didn't even know that he was going to start. Now you look at outside back all of a sudden with the way Edwards is playing. Uh, Leardom was good in, in the preseason. No, he hasn't had a chance in the regular season. He did. He played, against, he played against Portland. I mean, that's another thing we did not cover here is that Julian Araujo didn't start this game. It was Kelvin Leardom. Right. And, and, and then Araujo, I mean, outside back all of a sudden is they may have the best four. I, I, you know, I, I still think Sueño is, is a good player. Viafania is a good player when he's healthy. I think he can contribute. They may have the best four outside backs. And when you look at a combination of four, certainly among the best, if not the best in the league. And, and Raheem Edwards has really found a groove with, with the way that Greg Vanny wants to play him. He's been around the league before. He's played for other teams. He was with LAFC for a while last year. And Bob Bradley tried to use him in a similar fashion, uh, you know, as a winger. But he seems to really have found a groove here with the way Greg Vanny is using him. Um, 
the the Chicharito, and then I want to talk about Edwards because you you're so right. I mean, the Edwards slalom between two players into the box, and then the pass and the layoff to Chicharito for the third goal. Again, that's a that's a goal that this the last year's 2020 what year is it 2022 2021 LA Galaxy uh, don't score. Um, that's his fourth assist, right? It's his fourth assist. And as a matter of fact, if you want to talk about it, uh, OptiJack had this four since 2000. Only Landon Donovan, five in 2007 and 2010, has recorded more assists in the LA Galaxy's first six games of an MLS season than Raheem Edwards. That so is Edwards impressive. with the four assists and Chicharito with the four goals. Edwards leads, I believe, leads the league, right? Yeah, I, th- with I think so. And Chicharito is second in goals. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's, it's, I mean, that, that combined is giving the LA galaxy, um, a lot of what they're trying to do. And, and for a team that I think we could all agree are having trouble offensively. They're not scoring. I don't think the way that they, they should be. Yeah. I mean, that, but that's, that's sort of the thing is now we're starting to see it. I mean, you can't say, listen, outside of grand sir, messing up a ball that was six inches from the goal line. Um, which by the way, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of you have wanted to say that grand sir was better than Cabral in a lot of ways. Sometimes he is. Um, sometimes he's not, uh, and you're sort of seeing the inconsistency with Grant Sir and Cabral. Uh, the problem is with Grant Sir is he's a little bit older and should be finishing that stu- those, those goals. It could have been four one for the LA Galaxy pretty easily. Uh, Portland also had a really good chance with Derek Williams clearing a ball off the line after Jonathan Bond was rounded. Um, so that was you know that was some some and Derek good defense. Williams big upgrade I think over over Kolabali. Um in the center there, I think a healthy Derek Williams, Derek Williams really changes things. But when you go back again to Raheem Edwards, now Chicharito scoring all the goals. We know that, you know, Greg talked about he wants one striker up front. It's going to be Chicharito. But when you look at some of the, well, one of the runs especially, but some of the runs Chicharito makes in the box now, the way he's moving off the ball, uh, it's impossible to mark him. So that says all you got to do is get the ball to him, right? I mean, theoretically, he's he's leading. I still think he's still leading the league in shots. Um so if you can get the ball to Chicharito, he's going to get a shot off, and it's probably going to be a pretty good shot. He may not always score, but my point is going to be when when Costa is in there, who do you try to mark to keep the ball out of the box? Who do you try to 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 deny the ball to so it doesn't get to Chicharito? If you if you take uh, Raheem Edwards out of the game, then all of a sudden Costa's making those passes. If you take Costa out of the game, then all of a sudden it's Grant Sear or or it's Kevin Cabral. I mean, they literally have four point guards bringing the ball up the court. And, and setting Chicharito up in the paint, uh, you know, to use some basketball analogies on the night of the NCAA championship game. Um, it, it's it, it's pretty amazing. It, you know, it's a kind of for opponents, it's pick your poison. Yes and no. I mean, I think you give one Costa a little more credit than he probably deserves at this point. I, I think he's talented. I just haven't seen it. Um, Edwards can deliver a good ball. Obviously, he has four assists. Um, he's also sending it to one of the deadliest strikers in Major League Soccer in Chicharito. Uh, let me talk about Chicharito for a second. The move that he puts, and I think it's on Tuloma, it could have been one of their other center backs, um, but the, 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 yeah, the Chicharito. There he is. Um, Where'd he go? There he is. The, the move that he puts on his defender in this play, in that first goal, is, is ridiculous. Um, and, and I, there was a video of it from behind the goal. Somebody had basically an isolation goal from their, from their camera, uh, from their cell phone. And they took a video of it and it doesn't follow the ball that's going out wide to Grand Sierra. It's just, it's just locked right on the center. So you can see Chicharito. Chicharito takes one step towards the back post and the defender goes to cover that and takes a step backwards. And then Chicharito does an, an NFL type double move basically to cut inside hard. Uh, and he sells that so well. The defender is moving towards the near post. The defender at this point 
Kevin has tried to track, track Chicharito down into the box. Chicharito is annoying to Mark. He's constantly changing directions. He's changing speeds. He's trying to open up space. He's trying to do all these things. He's a pain in the butt. And as a defender, you have to do one of two things. You either have to try to stay with your man or go for the ball. And Chicharito was so good in that goal that he made his defender do neither of those things. Eventually, the defender moves towards the near post because he thinks that's where Chicharito is going to go, but he's not even paying attention to where the ball is. Chicharito's already peeled off the back. Um, as the defender bit and moved towards the near post, Chicharito opened up, I don't know, four yards, five yards of space on the back, and then you know gets his foot up high enough to barely be able to toe poke that basically um, into the goal. It's it's imp- it's really hard to mark. Uh, you have to bracket him if you try to do anything uh, with that. And so um, you know this is why that drum beat is going to get louder and louder for him to be on the Mexican national team. This is it's because that's not, that's not an old guy ma- moving there, Kevin. That's not some guy who doesn't know how to play. Um, well, two, 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 three points maybe about that. One is give a lot of credit to his teammates too, because while Chicharito's moving, somebody has to deliver a pass and they have to know where he's going to be. And a lot of times Chicharito is two or three moves away from where that ball is going to be. So somebody, Raheem Edwards, Grancier, who's ever making that pass, needs to know what Chicharito is doing. Otherwise, it's the pass goes wide and Chicharito breaks and he's wide open and he doesn't get the ball. So the service is really important. So kudos to the teammate for, for the chemistry that these guys have already developed. Uh, second, uh, with the Mexican national team, this is a team that is not scoring. You know, uh, they, they get shut out by the U.S. and World Cup qualifying, got one goal at Honduras. They're really struggling. They they were not a dynamic team in World Cup qualifying. And a lot of uh, people talk about, well, they're getting old pretty quick. Uh, Chicharito is 33, was going to be 34 this season. Um, he, yeah, you look at that and you say, well, maybe he's an old player. Hey, Andres Guardado is their captain. He's 36. Uh, Memo Ochoa is still starting in goal. He's 38. This is an old Mexican team. That's a problem with this team, but it's not scoring. You have a guy eligible to play for the national team who is on fire. Yes, it's MLS. It's not the Premier League, but he's certainly better than anybody with the exception of Chucky Lozano right now. Certainly Chicharito deserves a call in. The Mexican Federation has some problems with Chicharito. We're not quite sure what it is. Uh, He hasn't played for Mexico since uh, September of 2019. Um, he's been called, he's been on the roster once, uh, for gold cup was not called in. He was on the preliminary roster, which is like 50 people deep, but they need somebody to score. And all you got to do is that, that one goal you're talking about, just watch that tape away from the ball. Just watch the way Chicharito moves. Mexico doesn't have anybody like that, that can do that right now. And if they're serious about trying to make a run in, in the world cup, they have at least got to call this guy in and take a look at him this summer. It is, uh, it, it, it again, there's nothing he's doing right now that can't translate to what he what he does on the international stage and and things. And if there's a there's a conflict, if there's a pride issue, then Mexico can be stupid. You know, Greg Vanny was asked about it, um, which is always fun whenever you ask a coach about what you know a national team coach is doing. And he's like, you know, Tata's going to call in who Tata wants to call in, and he goes, and you know, that's not for us to worry about. Basically, it's like we you know basically thank you for not calling him because then he's going to be here for us uh, to be able to play. Um, so he has been. You know, uh, again, we talk about it. He goes and fits and starts, Kevin's. We see him be able to score two goals here, and then maybe he won't score a goal. But again, all dependent on service. Um, so we have to keep an eye on that and sort of how that develops, because if you're not giving him service, then he's not scoring uh, for the LA Galaxy. So um, some of the things with Chicharito named to the MLS team of the week this year uh, on the bench, by the way, uh, uh, Williams, Derek Williams was listed as a bench player on this, which how you don't put Raheem Edwards 
um, as a bench player on this or, um, you know, maybe Grand Sur, who probably could have had a goal and an assist in this game. Chicharito could have had two goals and an assist if Grand Sur just knocks the ball into the uh, into the into the net on the one in the first half that would have made it three nothing uh, pretty early. Um, so Chicharito gets that acknowledgement. The other acknowledgement, the, it's the old three four three formation there <laughs> for the MLS team of the week. Do, well, I don't know why you would pay any attention to what MLS does on formation wise because they just do it to, for however they feel like, whatever they want to do, that's what they do. It's it you know why have standards and reasons for people to evaluate well, things when you can just I, I make mean, it I, up? Like, like for example, like you said, I think the Galaxy when you break it down probably play a four two three one, you know, with Delgado and and Ravelison, you know, as the two deep mid midfielders. But it the diagram always comes up as a four four two with somebody next to Chicharito. One week it's going to be Jonathan Bond up there. It's just like it, you know they just put 11, 11 names on the on the sheet and draw them up any way they want. Uh, then we go to the to uh, Chicharito being named Player of the Week for Week Five as well. Uh, two goals on four shots. By the way, one of those other shots was on target as well and ended up being a save. Um, so he had three of four shots on target. Uh, his his xG on the day was .91, which is humorous because he got two goals. Um, so that he was he was over he was exceeding his expected goals, which is always fun for uh, for the LA Galaxy. And, and how does that stack up in history, Josh? Oh, you mean in terms of how good is Chicharito doing compared yeah. to some of the LA Galaxy? Galaxy's top oh, all-time goal scorers. You just had that ready. I I might have had a chart. We keep an eye on this. It's not that we want to say, hey, Chicharito is doing something special because it's, you know, five games into this and he has four goals. That's not that he's not done anything special, but we are watching. We are paying attention to what he is doing. Uh, four goals in five games, basically scoring 0.80 goals per game or scoring one goal every 112 minutes right now. If you want to look at the minutes wise, similar to Eduardo Hurtado in 1996, 21 goals, 26 games played, 111 minutes per goal. Um, if you want to look at his 0.80 goals per game, that would put him right alongside Zlatan Ibrahimovic in 2018 when he scored 22 goals at 0.81 goals per game. Eduardo Hurtado again in 96 at 0.81. Uh, Landon Donovan in 2008 when he scored uh, 20 goals in 0.80. These are the numbers and types of numbers Chicharito can put up. Uh, we know that. So we pay attention to this when, it, when he scores goals in bunches and when he does things. Ultimately, Kevin, he has to be healthy in order for him to look at any of these records up here and say, oh, OK, you know, I'm going to I'm going to be able to fit himself in. But well, and that's why I think the most impressive number on that chart is the 446. He's missed four minutes. And I think that all four minutes were this weekend. I think he came out. Uh, I think this was the only game he came out of. Right. Uh, yes, it was. It was the first time that he didn't play all 90 minutes. And I think he only missed it by four minutes is what you said. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh oh, maybe that's a bad sign. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. If we look at the designated player minutes so far in 2022, and we are keeping track, the the average between all three DPs right now is 76.7%. They've played in 76.7% of total available minutes so far. Total minutes out of five games is 1,350. Uh, Chicharito has played in all five games, started all five games, has played 446 minutes out of 450 minutes. So his availability so far is 99.1%. Uh, Douglas Costa up down below 60% with him missing a game. And then he also wasn't playing full games. Uh, so, and then you have Kevin Cabral who came out at halftime in this game, 71.3%. Uh, um, so I think for the LA galaxy, a really good number that they should be shooting for this year is above 70%. 
if they can get that, the LA Galaxy will make the playoffs. The LA Galaxy will be a a, a team in contention. And, and keep in mind, Chicharito is not Zlatan. You know, for all of Zlatan's incredible strengths, he was not a guy that 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 tracked back and played a lot of defense. Chicharito seems to me to be a guy that that does play maybe not 100 yards, but certainly plays 75 to 80 yards. He he is active uh, all game long. Yeah, he he does a lot, and he drops back into the midfield whenever he wants to create things, the whole deal. So as we look at the stats and, and look at this game, again, um, you know, the Get Lake Galaxy hold a little bit more possession, barely. It was basically 50-50. Um, you know, they got out shot 16 to 10. Uh, shots on goal was only 5 to 4. Uh, you look at total passes, the Galaxy had slightly more passes than Portland. Again, everything is very 50-50 in most of this stuff. Um, the crosses, by the way, was the one that was the, the, the craziest with Portland launching 26 crosses and it's like the LA galaxy last year, um, or, or in some other years, whenever Zlatan was around, just, just throwing all the crosses. Um, and the LA galaxy didn't concede on any of those crosses. I think that's actually, again, if we're talking about the defense, Kevin, this defense is doing something right now that it was not doing last year. Um, and so we will, we can even look at projected goals and projected goals against right now through a 34 game season. Uh, and we can say right now, the LA galaxy are averaging, giving up one goal per game. 34 goals would be the total right now. If it, if it continues on this trend, we know it, it fluctuates wildly. Um, but that's what we're looking at. And they were scoring a little bit under 50 goals, um, in a 34 game season right now as well. So uh, if we want to go back and actually look at compared to what that would be. So uh, last year they scored 50 goals, Kevin. So basically on the same pace right now to do about what they did last year, Um, but they gave up 54 goals right now. The LA galaxy, if everything finished with them only giving up 34 goals this season would be 20 goals better than they were last year. Um, And so that's a, that could be significant, could be significant, might be never know. We'll pay attention. We'll keep watching. Um, so that's something to sort of take a look at the big, I think the big thing that we have to, that we sort of haven't acknowledged here is that there are a couple of calls in this game that were, were at least iffy. Um, there was the handball on Nick Depew that didn't end up getting called. Um, and that was one where he slid. He did not have a good game. I will say right now he didn't have a good game. And I don't know if the answer is to put Sega Koulibaly in there because Sega was having good games. Uh, and Sega sat for Derek Williams. I don't know if Greg doesn't like Sega on the right side um, and only on the left left side. I, I'm not in training to, to really figure that out. But if it's me watching Nick DePew uh, get played around a couple times in this game, actually more than a couple times, uh, that's concerning for me. I think Sega... Well, do you Sega, think maybe Zavaleta then plays this weekend or do it may, does maybe he go in for Mark Delgado? Oh man, there's some real good conspiracy theories going on in our Discord about playing a five-man back line whenever you don't have it moving Leardam up into that defensive midfielder role, um, which is what he plays sometimes for Suriname. Uh, so you can move Leardam into the Delgado spot. You push Revelison up above him uh, and then you could do something that would basically give you five in the back. It was technically three. You would have you know Williams Zavaleta yeah, and then five five on defense and yeah. then three moving forward yeah and so the 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 big rub on that is putting Julian Araujo and Raheem Edwards on the outside and understanding they have to stay back a lot more because otherwise it's three in the back defending and not exactly the most mobile of three so you would have you know somebody like Zavaleta and Koulibaly and Williams or Zavaleta and Depew and Williams as sort of your three center backs um, and doing stuff there's there's things to be done here Usually I say that you, it's best to do the least. And so if you can plug somebody like Sasha Kleshna, listen, you can't ask Sasha Kleshna to go 90 minutes every day, every game 
but you can ask Sasha question to go 70 minutes in one game, uh, especially whenever it's a rivalry game. Um, and so there's there to me again, keeping it the simplest would be to move Sasha question into the Mark Delgado spot, but they're not like for like. Um, and I know people want to pretend like that Mark Delgado isn't a very important piece to this team. He's absolutely the most important piece to this team right now and has been through the first five games. And it's the, the, the reason that we know that is we look at the passing network and we look at what happens on defense and how he clogs lanes and how he keeps the middle controlled. Uh, the LA Galaxy have, through the first four games, done a very good job of making teams play around them. Uh, that was less so against Portland, and Greg Vanny noted that. Uh, but if we look at the average passing network and we look at that spacing that he provides, and he he is the the hub for all the spokes around him. Um, and so when you lose him, Sasha Kleshin does not give you the same thing. Victor Vasquez does not give you the same thing. Carlos Harvey doesn't give you the same thing. Car you know, uh, Saldana doesn't give you the same thing. So it's about adjusting within those parameters to try to find something that works. And so while I say, Kevin, the easiest thing is to do the simplest thing, right? Just move one guy, put one guy in a position and sort of hope that everything else sort of falls around. It may make more sense to do something like starting three center backs, putting Araujo and Edwards on the outside, letting them play sort of the wing back positions going up and back um, and being able to be more solid defensively and then play on the counter, which is interesting because I think LAFC is probably one of the best counter attacking teams in Major League Soccer so far this year. So are, do they want possession? And if you give them possession, will they struggle with it? Um, and then will the galaxy counter because uh, one of my arguments is the galaxy are better counter attacking team than they are a possession based team sometimes as well. Lots of things to, to discuss there. Well, this is a different LAFC team. It's not the one that p played uh, under Bob Bradley where they, they played wide and won in possession. This is a, like you said, a counter attacking team. They're direct. They don't play wide. They play narrow. Um, in fact, a practice field over at, at uh, Cal state LA, there are hash marks about 15 yards in from each sideline where, uh, you know, Chirundolo wants those guys to stay in there. So it is a different team. And, and you know, one of the things you talk about, you can keep it simple and just make minor adjustments and, and try to play through with that. Or if you throw caution to the wind and go with something kind of bizarre, it's a gamble. But you know what? It's a gamble, too, because the other team is definitely not prepared for that. This this So this is the you know, do, do you do that? I don't know. This is this is the thing, Kevin. This is why I don't like I don't get paid the big bucks to make these decisions because I am of two minds. I usually have a pretty clear path forward, but Delgado out changes a lot of things. Um, and, and that's sort of the, the big issue. Uh, one of the things I want to point out, let's, let's talk a couple things. Uh, this was the 900th MLS match. Did I already say that? Or I know we talked about it, but I don't know if we said yeah, it on you the show. I talked about okay. It. Yeah. So 900th MLS match for the LA galaxy. Well, that was interesting. LA who, who did that? Who did that graphic by the way? I like that because I like, I, I like trying to identify all the people in there. Most of them are pretty easy, but that's pretty cool. Um, you know, it's a lot of time looks like Freddie Mercury. Yeah, this is this is yeah obviously an LA Galaxy graphic, and I just stole it. They they allow me to do it without uh, too many repercussions. Um, the LA Galaxy also tweeted out a picture during the game, and they said, "Hey, check out Bondi's new uh, goalkeeping kit." You know, basically like, "Ooh, isn't that fire?" You know, the whole deal. And uh, I loved it. I think it looks great. Right? It's a really nice. It's got this. It's like got the the the. It's not a light. It's like a periwinkle almost. And then there's like the lighter blue on top of that, and it's got like this almost alligator or crocodile pattern on it looks really cool so i said well that's weird that they're highlighting that 
I wonder if they're going to like actually sell those. You know, that's been a big thing. Jonathan Bond was disappointed that they didn't have goalkeeping kits to sell because he wanted people to have his kit, right? Wouldn't you? Uh If you're a player, you're like, I want you to buy my kit. And there were people begging to buy a Jonathan Bond goalkeeping kit, which is not something that has happened probably since Jaime Pinedo played for the LA Galaxy, where people were like, I need to have an LA Galaxy goalkeeper kit. Um, So maybe I reached out to said goalkeeper and said, hey, dude, so like, are they going to be selling those things or what? You know, and um, at least the initial answer is yes, they are. Uh, they are going to be selling a goalkeeper kit. They're not in stock yet. Uh, perhaps think May, June uh, for the time for them to arrive. Uh, actually, a member in our Discord is pretty tied into some of the Adidas stuff as well. I was talking about this as well, which is another indication that perhaps these were coming. So you will be able to, at least right now, uh, from the initial reports of people that I've been able to talk to, you will be able to buy a Jonathan Bond goalkeeping kit. It's going to be the blue one. Uh, it's going to be this blue one. It's going to be the one. It's going to have the LA Galaxy. I hope it would have the five stars. I mean, you want it to be as authentic as possible. Um, I'm going to do my best. This is what I, this is what I promise. I effort. Uh, I will effort to get one on this show, and we will give it away um, because I think that's cool. I think Jonathan would be uh, be down with for that as well. And it's going to have the name of the one nutritional supplement company still doing business in Russia. Always, always. Okay. Always. Always. Um, they say they only import stuff, though. So basically, they're only taking money out of Russia. Does that matter? No. no. I don't nope. think so. No, definitely not. Um, so anyway, so that's something to keep your eye on is the LA Galaxy goalkeeping kits are coming as well. Who's that defender in front? <laughs> Chicharito. He was, he was, he, <laughs> I told you, he's a hundred yard player. I told you. He covers, he covers both goals. Uh, that's how he, that's how he sort of does it. Um, it like telling Jonathan, like, you stay there. You say, we got <laughs> we it covered up here. <laughs> you stay there. Hey, listen, I'm going to help you out. You stay in the goal and I'm going to go forward. Okay. That's how it's going to work. Um, one of the charts I wanted to point out was the LA Galaxy start through five games. Uh, if I did my math correctly, one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, ninth. This one is currently the LA Galaxy off to the ninth best start in team history out of 26, 27 years. How many years are we at now? 26? 26. This is the 26th. Okay. Good. Thank you. Um, after 26 seasons, so ninth best start um, after five games. One of the uh, the fun ones was uh, I looked at this one. I plot all of MLS, uh, all of the LA Galaxy uh, uh, MLS Cup years, right? I put them on a graph. I will say right now, as you look at this, uh, within the cone of influence, the LA Galaxy are still center, uh, center sort of lined up within that cone of influence for other years that have won MLS Cups, right? That's sort of like, isn't that what they do on Hurricanes whenever they're like, you are outside the cone of influence or you are inside and it spreads out as it gets, right? It's the cone of probability. Cone of probability. I even like it better. So the cone of probability right now, Galaxy centered within the cone of probability. It means nothing after five games, but I do like to pay attention to it for no reason whatsoever. This just convinces me more that you need a hobby like stamp collecting or how about model trains <laughs> i think my wife would tell you no more trains uh so that that's fine um, the hobby shop was closed this weekend which you were railing on i um i'm i'm disappointed in hobby shops uh, availability hours kevin and i don't think i've i think it's a pandemic issue not like a pandemic as in like covid but it's like a pandemic of hobby shops that have this problem which is they they don't they they're not open on the weekends 
How do you have a hobby shop when you're supposed to do your hobbies on your hobby time on the weekend? And like, they're going to be closed on Sundays, 50% of the weekend they're closed. Really? I'm going to go buy stuff on the weekends. I couldn't go on Saturday. Maybe you could take up Larry, Larry, not on Twitter's hobby and start <sighs> building like little plastic model tanks and stuff. Ooh, you know, he is, he is way too detailed even for me, but yeah, Larry and I yeah. talk about modeling all the time. Well, let's know. go over to his house with some uh, little model javelin missiles and just blow up his tanks. No, let's not. And why, why, he, why would you do that to Larry? He, I because mean, that's, he's, that's listening. he's listening and he's going to wake me up here in a minute. I was going to say, you're going to get a text message. Yeah. Um, if we look at the points per month, uh, the yellow galaxy get the win in April. So right now, three points, uh, per game average in, in April, which is good, but four more games still come in April, five games in May. Then it's a short one in June. Uh, and then July has six games. August has six games. September has four and October has two. And that closes it out. Uh, world cup coming up starting in November. So everything wraps up very quickly in MLS, uh, with all the playoffs, everything that happens and then, uh, onto MLS cup. And then it's a world cup time. So that's fun too. Uh, let's see what else for the LA galaxy today. Well, how about the LA galaxy announced the signing of just, uh, of Preston Judd, Justin, I was going to, I was, I was flipping it, uh, Preston Judd from LA galaxy Two. Um, they announced his signing today, basically from the USL side up to the MLS side. Uh, Greg Vanny says Preston is a hardworking and powerful forward who has proven his qualities with LA galaxy Two. We look forward to continuing his professional development within our organization. Judd 22 signed with LA galaxy two on April 7th. 2021 uh, in his first professional season with uh, Los Dos during the 2021 champion USL championship regular season. Judd tallied 17 goals and three assists in 32 games. He had 27 starts. This is, this is an interesting one. Uh, the LA galaxy obviously have Dayan Jovalich, Kevin. Um, they have the, really, it seems like they have the forwards they need and they don't even play Jovalich that much, but I will say this because the chat room gets all spicy um, and I like making them making upsetting them. Uh, Jovalich is a like for like swap with Chicharito more than he is going to be playing next to Chicharito. They will do that, uh, but only in extreme circumstances. So you get somebody like Preston Judd. So why are they adding Preston Judd to the roster and why are they doing it right now? I have no idea. I'll be honest with you. I thought I thought it would be smart. I, I say maybe it's for U.S. Open Cup that's coming because they don't want to play Jovalich, you know, against somebody like in the U.S. Open Cup and an amateur team. And maybe Preston Judd coming up is going to help them do that. But you can also loan guys in that you don't have to. So maybe they were worried that he was going to escape for free somewhere, Kevin. I mean, it, it does seem I, I don't imagine this changes anything. I imagine he's still going to play for L.A. Galaxy, too, for the most part. Well, it, whenever something like this happens, I, I think my knee-jerk reaction is to think the worst thing is, you know, uh, Greg Vanny's there in training every day. He's in the locker room every day. He knows how guys are doing. And when you see a guy called up kind of surprising like that, it just makes me think, is is Jovlich okay? Is Chicharito okay? Uh, you know, are is there some issues that maybe, hey, they're going to be able to play, but they can't go 90 minutes. We need some backup. Um, you know, that's what I think. Of. By the way, go. can you go back to that graphic where it shows games per month? Oh, sorry, that wasn't it. Oh, the games per month? Yes, go ahead. Yeah. Because when you look at, you know, I, the thing that jumped out at me is just we had in April and May, there's five games. But, man, look at July and August. It's going to be hot. It's going to be in the middle of the season. Guys are going to be worn down. Six games in July, six games in August. Man, that is that is where you are going to need Costa to be healthy enough to play in at least four of those games in each of those months. Because if he can't, um, that's going to be a big dry spell for the Galaxy. And, and, you know, Greg talked about managing his minutes. So far, it hasn't worked out all that well. But 
that's an that's a time of year where I, I think you're going to need and the older guys too, Kleshin and and Vasquez. Those guys are going to be you know called on to to carry a heavy workload in, the, in those months, and it's going to be tough. That's going to be a really important stretch for the Galaxy. It is going to be uh, Preston Judd, 17 goals, three USL assists. Uh, let's see, 2021 G2 Golden Boot winner, 2021 G2 co-MVP, uh, went to the University of Denver. He's a Las Vegas, Nevada, plays forward. Number 31 is your guy now on the senior team. We'll see how that plays out. Certainly a question to ask Greg Vanny uh, if we're feeling so inclined and usually at, a, at an in-person av- media availability, we usually feel inclined to ask why Preston Judd, why now? Um, what is the deal with that? So, um, we will see where, uh, where, uh, Judd fits in. And then again, it's a continuing discussion about day on, uh, you know, uh, I know the chat room was asking earlier. It's like, when is Greg Vanny going to ask about why Cabral is playing and, and day on isn't Greg Vanny's answered that question multiple times already. Um, and basically, you know, he says there's going to be a time and place for day on to get his minutes and he's going to get them. And listen, you're going to get them whenever you see somebody like Chicharito coming out with four minutes left. And after he's already put in the work shift, uh, I would have preferred the LA galaxy to have subbed Chicharito off a little bit earlier in that game, but it was also a game that was not very predictable in terms of how things were going to go and being able to control. And so maybe you need somebody like Chicharito to score another goal, uh, perhaps to win the game for you. So you didn't want to take him out. Um, that being said, Four minutes doesn't really give him a break for that much, and, and Dayon gets out there. Dayon's is a like-for-like like with Chicharito. Greg doesn't like them playing together. He's told you that. Uh, he says that they have to develop and, and work on their ability to play side-by-side. He played in the Orlando game. Those two were on top of each other multiple times. They were in the same spot, and that has to develop, and so they're going to develop that in training. Greg doesn't like that right now. So, um, you know. Have we, have we seen Cameron Dunbar? I really like Cameron Dunbar, and I just wonder what happened to him. Uh, he's around to, I mean, listen, these guys are getting training time. If they're not going to impress with Greg, with what's going on, then Greg's not going to play him. I mean, you know, there's, there's certainly questions. And I think Dayon is probably the the biggest one, which is how is it going? But I'm not there in training. And even whenever they do let us go in training, Kevin, it's not like we get to sit there and actually watch training. Um, so, and, and if we got to go watch training, we probably wouldn't even know where we were watching. <laughs> I would, at least I wouldn't, I was going to say I would, I don't know about you. Um, but yeah, so, so that's the thing. I think that there's, listen, (laughs) this is the deal. Uh, if we're convinced that Chicharito is basically a ticking time bomb in terms of when he's going to get hurt, just like much like it is Costa, um, then you sit there and say, whenever, whenever, uh, whenever Chicharito gets hurt, it's going to be up to Dayon to come in and keep this team afloat. So it's not like the LA galaxy aren't relying on, on Jovalich for this. He's going to get playing time. Um, but unfortunately that's going to mean that Chicharito, by, by the way, Chicharito should absolutely keep playing. He's one of the best goal scorers in, in Major League Soccer. He's one of the best goal scorers in CONCACAF right now. Um, and so you want him to play as many minutes as you can. So it's not like, oh, putting Dayon up there. And by the way, you can't put Dayon in Cabral's position. Those two play completely differently. They're not even close to the same. Dayon and Chicharito basically play the same. But but you do have to... Mess, you're right. Play Chicharito as much as possible. But it's a calf injury you had the last two seasons. That's one of those kind of like a hamstring thing. You never know when it's going to bite you again. And I do think Greg would be wise to manage his minutes when possible. Now, he's got to play against LAFC. Mm. And by the way, it'd be the first time Vela and Chicharito are on the field in a in, in a El Trafico together ever. Chicharito missed the first two seasons when there when there was a El Trafico, and then the injuries knocked both of them out at various times the last two seasons. This would be the first time that they're together. But my point being, yeah, Chicharito will play with this one. But I think Greg need will and and should start looking for 
times to give Chicharito time, uh, a time off. Maybe start him and take him out early, whatever. Uh, I do think he has to protect that calf. Uh, Chicharito, yeah, he's 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 off the hook right now, but uh, you'd rather miss him for a half and maybe have a draw or, or even lose a game by a goal with Chicharito on the bench than to have what happened last year when he missed what twelve or thirteen games in the middle of the season. Yeah, it, it's certainly one of those things. Um... That you have, I mean, listen, if Delgado doesn't get sent off in this game, Kevin, there's a good chance that you could have pulled Chicharito in like the 70th minute and given him 20 minutes off, uh, which would have been useful, especially on turf and all, all that stuff. Uh, the fact that Delgado couldn't do that um, and that the game was in such, you know, complete, uh, utter, utter impredictability um, means that, you know, you had to do a little bit more. Uh, the game coming up against LAFC, we have at least some initial like sort of news and stuff that goes on there. Again, LA Galaxy versus LAFC first El Trafico, uh, one first of two regular season El Traficos this year in 2022. So just two, it'll be one at home, one away for the LA Galaxy. Again, 4.30 p.m. Uh, start time for TV, Fox and Fox Deportes is uh, where you can find that kickoff scheduled at 4.55 p.m. The LA Galaxy Galaxy announced today, Kevin, that they're going to have a whiteout. Um, so basically, they're saying wear white, which means we already know what color the LA Galaxy will be wearing, which is their 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 city of dreams kit. So uh, except for Jonathan Bond, except for Jonathan, he will be wearing that nice blue that he has. Maybe. Uh, uh, no, it will be. Why? why okay. Trust me. Don't worry about it. Uh, okay. The LA Galaxy announced on uh, announced plans to white out Dignity Health Sports Park for the club, which means the first 25,000 fans inside of Dignity Health Sports Park will receive a commemorative white Legends Never Die rally towel as they enter the stadium. Uh, fans also get 50% off all white Galaxy apparel purchased between Friday, April 1st and Saturday, April 9th at TeamLAStore.com by using co- uh, code LAGWHITEOUT22 at checkout. Uh, there are a limited number of single game tickets for the April 9th match still available. LA galaxy.com forward slash tickets. Um, and the L- the April 9th game right now is trending to be the LA galaxy's third consecutive home sellout uh, for uh, for the LA galaxy uh, this year. That being said, wanted to remind you about dignity health sports park stadium capacity and their definitions. Uh, I would imagine that we're going to be into the overcapacity sellout crowd, which is going to be about 26,674. But regardless of what they use, if it's over 25,174, they will call it a sellout. Uh, the overcapacity sellout crowd with the 300 additional seats is 26,974. But usually those seats are not set up. And I don't know that they would be set up for this game, even though it's an El Trafico. Um, so 26,674 is your overcapacity sellout if you wanted to keep track of that. I just. This- I- this will be the biggest. First of all, MLS attendance figures are bogus to start with because they count tickets distributed, and you can hand out as many tickets as you want, and then you call it a solid. This is legit, though. This the stadium will be full this time. I mean, I know a lot of fans were in the ones last in, in the first two home games. This will be legitimate. Every seat will, I think, be gone, and most if not every ticket will have been sold, not just given away. And we like to talk, and, and and this is an important part of it. The LA Galaxy have never lost a game in an El Trafico at Dignity Health Sports Park, Kevin. This is a continuing trend, and this is, I think, the 14th time these teams will meet in the regular season. I don't think they counted the one. The one I always hate it because people never want to like add up the actual all game. So, um, But I think this is the 14th time they're meeting. Um, yeah, including the playoff. It, it, yeah, maybe including the playoff there. So yeah, and, and at home they're four zero and two. Yes, yes, never lost at home. So that's that's something to continue to watch. Uh, again, we're expecting an in-person media availability on Wednesday, um, and that'll have Greg Vanny there. We expect Chicharito will talk. We'll see who else talks um, for that as What's well. What's the, the post game thing? Is still going to be Zoom though, right? We still don't get to go down and yes, 
yeah, right now the post game is still is still Zoom. So, um, which by the way is a little bit easier than having to run down there and come back. But I I understand. I'm not saying that it's preferred. It's just easier to just sit up there yeah. and, and talk on Zoom and do all it that is. stuff. So, um, so yeah, that's where we sit for the LA Galaxy in this LAFC game. Uh, first El Trafico. A reminder that the LA Galaxy did put out a, a PSA along with LAFC and basically, you know, say no to violence uh, type of statement with. Uh, Players from both teams going on to video, saying in English and in Spanish. Uh, I think one of the highlights there is Jonathan Bond speaking in Spanish, um, which, <laughs> which is which is great. You gotta love it, um, and and I certainly appreciate him even being like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll not a problem. I'll do it. I mean, I would have taken me like six days to memorize enough Spanish to be able to say my lines, uh, even if I was just memorizing like sounds uh, and not words. So uh, that's a reminder for everybody to you know try to keep a, a calm head. I don't expect that that happens because it only takes one moron on either side in order to start things. Uh, but I'm hopeful that there won't be any large scale incidents. You know, I, th- I think ABBA did all of their songs phonetically. Did they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you mentioned it. <laughs> hey, it works. It works. You can, you can make it happen. Um, so anyway, that's, uh, that's where we sit. Anything else, Kevin, that you want to touch on before we get out of here? No, I mean, speaking of bilingual stuff, you know, did you know Nana did not like doing 99 lift balloons in English? They only did it once live. I did. I that's just totally useless. Nobody information. even knows who that is. No, yeah. they're all like, well, "Do we have to Google that?" No, um, no, we don't have to. We don't have to do it. Um, by, by the way, somebody said uh, one, one of the things, Kevin. I just like your your opinion on this. I know I'm opening a can of worms, so I, I will Uh-oh. before we go. Uh, Marvin in the chat room says, "Well, everybody did a you know did was part of that video except for Carlos Vela. Uh, he didn't care about that because he skipped the the dual team video. So Carlos Vela wasn't in a video. Does that surprise you at all? That- no, not at all, not at all. So so does Carlos Vela routinely talk to the press? He does not. He hasn't spoken to the press since before the season started. He did the last and only uh, appearance he did was in the preseason just before the season started and has not spoken. Even after his uh, hat trick on opening night, he did not speak to the media. So so, so behind the scenes on Sunday uh, was that uh, I was asked who he wanted to speak to after the game. Uh, I was coordinating with the LA Galaxy's PR. Vicky Mercado was there. And she said, uh, she goes, who do you want to talk to? Keep in mind, Chicharito is going to talk on Wednesday. So, you know, you can probably talk to him there. And I responded with, that's great. Really look forward to talking to him on Wednesday. Uh, But he scored two goals in a game, which basically means that he's the most important person that we want to talk to. So he needs to talk. So I'm requesting him, basically. Um, And he spoke. Um, and that's, that's, and he spoke well and he spoke well and he was, and he was part of the video, the viol- anti-violence video, and right? He, he was part of the anti-violence video well, here. You know, I, I know fans don't care about what the media have to deal with. And although we are kind of your conduit to the team, I mean, you know, if Clayton Kershaw pitches a no hitter, you want to hear what Clayton Kershaw was thinking. I mean, the fans do, and the fans can't go talk to him. So they talk to us. So I, you know, there is some value in that. My point was going to be, if the players don't want to talk, that's fine. But when you're the captain, like Carlos Vela and Chicharito are, when you have a big game for your team or when you're doing something like this PSA, which is really important and the team thinks it's really important. That's why it's organized it. You know, I think your most the MLS's highest paid player needs to step up. He's the captain. He's a leading scorer. He's the leader. He's the face of the franchise name. You know, we did a poll in our paper in the LA times, not, not all that long ago where they looked at the, you know, most, uh, most popular teams, most popular players. Carlos Vela ranked ahead of Mike Trout. I think he was the second or third most popular or most recognizable athlete in Southern California. I don't even know if Chicharito had played many games at that point, but it was LeBron, Clayton Kershaw, and then uh, Carlos Vela. 
you know, he is just not stepping up and, and delivering for the team. They're not getting the value out of him. And when I didn't know about the PSA, but it doesn't surprise me, but it does sadden me. I mean, this is an important thing, and the team's making a big deal about it. Both teams are. And for him, not the most recognizable guy on the team, not to want to participate. Yeah. Not, uh, not a good look. I, I would also say that you, whenever we request somebody, it is it is generally, and listen, we're not sticklers about this, but it's generally against MLS guidelines uh, and MLS uh, rules uh, that players uh, have to speak to us. That they that if we're, they're requested, then they're they're then they're obligated to speak. Um, listen, we're not. Sometimes Chicharito's like, you know what? I'm exhausted, guys. I don't want to talk. It, we understand because he talks. It's not like you don't get to talk to him. It's like every once in a while, Zlatan would say, you know what? I'm not talking after the game. Zlatan talked after every game. Zlatan talked on every press conference. Zlatan did all this stuff. So you you can give guys like that a pass when you when you just don't don't want to do it. Um, and then the league has these policies that are supposed to be in place to, to help out in those situations and they do nothing again. MLS is, is full of contradictions and, and opaqueness, uh, more than clarity and, you know, and reasons. So it it doesn't surprise me, but I will say for Chicharito, his first season, he was not super cooperative. And there were many times when he spoke, when he didn't want to speak, I wouldn't say he was surly, but he was curt. He was short. He was not helpful. He was not forthcoming. The last two years, he's been a totally different guy. He's yep. been funny. He's in. I think he enjoys talking to us. Maybe not you, but no, I, mean, I think me. he enjoys coming. He he makes jokes. He kids with us. Um, you know what? If you're gonna do it, have some fun with it. And I think Chicharito has sort of embraced that. I think it's he's kind of a new guy, and uh, and he likes wearing the armband. He likes being the guy that speaks for the team. A lot of guys, I think the Galaxy are basically a pretty good group when it comes to that stuff. Sasha Kleshin is wonderful. Jonathan Bond is great. Victor Vasquez. Um, Victor I mean, Vasquez is really good. And, and I can't think of a guy who has been sort of uncooperative. Certainly. Some guys are just a little shyer, you know, whatever. I mean, I wouldn't say Douglas Costa. Of course, he doesn't speak English that well, but Douglas Costa is not you know, the greatest, uh, you know, interview that I've ever had, but he he was available on the last in-person media call. He talked to, he talked to people. So, I mean, again, he's, he's available. We had Sam Grant here. You know, one of the biggest sort of complaints that I have is just that the French players, because they, the galaxy don't readily have a French translator available for us all the time. The French players sort of get to skate without talking to us. And, it's something that if it was a more regular thing, we would absolutely, you know, request them more. So talking about, you know, Sega Koulibaly or, or you're talking about, um, you know, uh, uh, Cabral um, would be one that that probably needs to sit down and have a talk with us here and relatively soon. So I guess Zabaleta is a great guy. Yes, he is. Absolutely. And we've got to get Raheem Edwards involved a little bit. I think he deserves it. It will. Uh, it will certainly see. So um, anyway, that's it. Uh, LA Galaxy versus LAFC coming up on April 9th. That is an El Trafico. Everybody be safe and uh, and relax through these uh, through these opening days. We'll have a live show on Thursday. Uh, I believe Sophie the Cannon Nicolau is in uh, in 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 for a Thursday night show. So Sophie and I will get you ready for El Trafico on that Saturday. So it should be a good weekend. Looking forward to it. It's going to be hot on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and then hopefully it'll cool off a little bit on Saturday for the game. Again, a 4.30 p.m. TV start time, 4.55 kickoff time for the LA Galaxy. Uh, Fox and Fox Deportes is where you can find that. All right, Kevin, you good? I'm good. Say, uh, say goodbye to Chicharito. Bye, Chicharito. Uh, all right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter, it is at kbaxter11 on Twitter. Head on over to latimes.com where you can find all of Kevin's wonderful writings. He's covering soccer all over North America now. Mexico, MLS, women's soccer, men's soccer, national teams, all that fun stuff is right there for you. So please make sure you check it out. 
uh, whenever you get a chance for Mr. Kevin. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Full media availabilities are there. Uh, hopefully, we'll have something up on Wednesday as well after the media availability there. All right. That does it. LA Galaxy, LAFC, first L traffic of 2022. First of two coming up on Saturday, April 9th. For Kevin, the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Patrick Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.